Welcome to Open Mind Industries Podcast, The Mind Unleashed. Sit back, relax, and unleash your mind. Alrighty, guys, it's that time. It's time for a podcast, episode 42. Let's do it. I'm here with Del Marie, awesome co-worker of mine, nerd gamer, all the good stuff. What is up, Del? Hey, not much today. Thank goodness. Day off, so obviously enjoying that as well as you are, I'm sure. I am definitely enjoying it. This is my third day off after working a crazy venue. But, uh, yeah, fun. Very today fun. is my first day off because, well, yeah, because I usually have Sunday, Mondays, so... Today's technically my first day off, Okay. and I'm probably going to have three day offs because I picked up a whole bunch of mids for this week, so. Hey, make that money. It's cool. Yay, me! It's cool. <laughs> money. I took notes for people. Um, this is going to be a very nerdy one, guys. Um, especially for girl gamers, guy gamers, just some fun stuff gamers we've, uh, in general. we've got into. And if you want to explain that little thing behind you, because she was trying to explain to me earlier. Uh, <laughs> so behind me, let's see if I can move my camera a little bit, if... For those of you who are watching at home, I have a very large, very beautiful uh, collage of uh, the Voltron pilots from the new Netflix uh, revamp, reboot, either, or. Um, but yeah, I'm really into that because I used to watch the 80s Voltron, so I gave this one a chance and uh, I'm hooked. And this is my, my baby and it's my piece de resistance from uh, Megacon. So shout out to Megacon in Orlando. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's my first actual year going this year. I haven't went in a long, long time. Uh, a friend of mine took me over, and then we actually bumped into you out of the blue. It was actually my first time going to MegaCon, technically, in Orlando. Like, I've lived here for over three years, and I hadn't really gone to a con in Orlando, funny enough. Like, all the cons that I'd gone to, they were in Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I've got one in my backyard. Might as well go. And that's uh, one thing we heard on the bus, like, we were chilling on the bus, and all these guys were like, why do you come down to Orlando? Like, what's the big deal about it? And they're like, well, it's one of the biggest ones, you know, here. It's not like you yeah. go to Miami, and there's this and this and this. And I didn't understand that, really, because I'm not, I'm geeky. I'm definitely not a nerd by any means. Like, I've got put in my place by nerds as a kid and stuff, so. I mean, I mean if we think about it, there's, like, a different definition between geek and nerd. Yeah. So. Well, geeks, know, <laughs> geeks have fun with everything. Nerds kind of more of. They're in that genre. They're yeah. one genre. Geeks will go out and like explore it. Yeah, you know, like a different things of everything. I think that was explained best by Chris Hardwick on Nerdist, and he's like he explained geek and nerd, and he was like, it's he's like it depends on what assholes you have around you, and it was kind of cool sitting down with all the people that I was talking to because I got a friend who's a makeup artist. It took me around to the con. It was it was amazing talking to all these people and seeing all these 3D printers because as you guys know, I 3D print and. uh a lot of them were like, oh, what do you print? What do you do? And I'm talking to all these artists and trying to find out I fit in their genre. So it's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I don't consider myself so much in the nerd category. Depends on the topic, I guess. Depends but definitely what? definitely a geek. I've, been, yeah. I've grown up a geek, so I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can hide it behind the makeup and, you know, the serious face at work, but... End of the day, you come to get to know me. You're like, oh god, you are definitely not what you show up to be. <laughs> getting to like your, what was your geekism, nerdism? Like, what made you get into it? Wow. Um, so I didn't know it as a kid that I kind of was one. Um, I'd say I 
It's definitely high. Hello. Sorry. Dog is like poking her head up at me. <laughs> um, I definitely have to say I started as a kid, but that one was definitely more. Hmm, I'd say maybe nerd, maybe borderline nerdy, but definitely geek. Um, as a kid, I was very much into reading. Uh, I was a bibliophile, basically. Um, twice a week um, on the Air Force Base, me and my mom would go to the library. I'd check out books. I would read anything I could get my hands on, too. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was already kind of transitioning into geekdom because... You know, some of my favorite movies growing up were Last Unicorn, and um, I have, I still have The Hobbit VHS, written by the same author uh, who did The Last Unicorn, which is Peter Beagle. Um, but definitely the, <laughs> the geekism. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, the dog is just definitely, like, pawing at me, like, love me. Love me now. It's a podcast. <laughs> She's like, I don't know why you're paying attention to other things, but, like, pay attention to me. Um, either that or she's just staring at my food. <laughs> well, that would help. So, um, for, for sure, definitely... When I moved to Puerto Rico and my family's there, I have a cousin who he got me more into um, the geeky side of, of who I am now. Um, he had video game consoles. He bought and collected, eventually even had his own renting uh, center in his, <laughs> in his own backyard. He, he built like a shed and people would come That's and rent videos. They would literally rent VHSs from his backyard. It was great. Um, but he had like a giant collection of anime and uh, video games. And that's where it really came into play. So I'd say around middle school for me. So probably like around my, you know, 12 to 15 years old or so ish. Give or take. I know in elementary school, I started geeking out on video games because that's when my parents bought me my PlayStation, which I still remember to this day. I didn't Same. want Saying we, uh, <laughs> I did yeah, not we want it because that's when it was that whole PlayStation 1 N64 debate. Yes, I and I was like, everybody's hyped for N64. I want the N64. My parents were like, no, it's a few no, dollars. That's the thing my, like, more expensive. My dad was the same, so they right? were like, no, you get the PlayStation. Yeah. And um, I was like, fine, okay. And my first two games for that were Final Fantasy VII and Spyro. Which was hilarious because they had the huge oversight to buy me the games, buy me the console, and no memory card. For so, for like a month, I would have to keep restarting I the know. game every oh time I God, started was, playing. And it was so frustrating. And my parents couldn't understand like, why I needed the memory card. <laughs> I had to mow so many lawns to get a fucking memory card, guys. I was so frustrated. It was so hard. Um, but before that, I had rented a console from Blockbuster back when, you know, Blockbuster existed and they were renting consoles. That's the shit, yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was the um, best like, thing I had ever. rented it for a few days because my parents wanted to be sure that, like, you know, it'd be a decent console. Okay, fine. Hi, yes. <laughs> um, they wanted to be sure it was a decent console. So I had rented it. And I remember just like yesterday, I rented that console and the game that I rented it with. That was basically my first ever PlayStation game was Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even remember why that game jumped at me. Because I remember looking at Grandia, and I remember looking at Final Fantasy, and I was like, oh, these games look cute, but I'm going to get this one with the weird rapping puppy dog. And then, <laughs> and then it just escalated from there. Um, my cousin... Why she has puppies like in her life. <laughs> I mean, no, I've always had dogs. Uh, well... 
there was periods of times in my life where I didn't have dogs, but when I was born, um, we already had three toy poodles. So like, basically I'm, I'm a dog person. I don't, I don't care for cats very much, <laughs> but um, dog, cats, even me. though I have periods in my time where I don't have dogs, uh, I can't imagine my life without a dog. <laughs> yeah. That's most people. And they're like, I like dogs. I like cats. I'm like, I like it all. I've had yeah. all. I mean, I've had iguanas. I mean, I've had, I've, I've had, had I've haven't something. had cats. I haven't had cats, but I've had parakeets. I've had hamsters. I've had lovebirds. Oh, I've I can't had, have birds anymore because uh, my birds would always kill them. I've had cockatiels. Those little, listen, cockatiels are crazy. Like my, I had a, a mated pair of cockatiels and at one point, like one of them killed the other. <laughs> That's what happened to me one night. My neighbor felt bad for me and he ended up getting me a bird. He went to the pet store and this, like, we lived yeah. in an apartment. And all of a sudden, like, we had a, a female bird, too. And they're like, oh, you know, you guys can let them, like, mate. And they'll be Romeo and Juliet. So we decided to, like, leave the house and go to my grandparents' place. Well, about 8 o'clock, it's home. We see, like, nothing but fucking blood. And, you know, the cage is ripped open. And we're like, oh, shit. They, like, literally killed each other. Oh, yeah. Like, wow. I was like, um, yeah, my mom's like, no more birds. Yeah, I didn't find out until I was an adult. After I'd had my hamsters, thank God we'd only had ever had them like one at a time, but they wouldn't last very long. No. Like they they like spaz and have heart attacks and things. Apparently, they're yeah. very proud of that. But um, I didn't find out until as an adult that if I'd had more than one hamster, I would have probably been traumatized because they will like if they're stressed enough, they will eat each other. Yes. And I didn't know that, and I was like, oh my god. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I, weird. I, I've worked with some pet stores. And it's like, always really funny when people decide to give them. Yeah, it's always really funny when people decide to give their their kids like as their first pet, like a hamster or a rabbit or something. And I'm like, now that I know these things, I'm like, I don't know if that would be a good idea. Like, what if they eat each other? I mean, I've had like. <laughs> what if your kid sees that? My <laughs> first animal I think was a cat. Then I had like many, many dogs, and I had a retired police dog that was fucking awesome as shit. And then. Yeah, but it's like, why don't you get any more dogs? I'm like, ain't got room, ain't got the time. That's just the way it is for us. Some people don't, because the dogs are a big responsibility. If you go on a vacation, you got things to do, and you're like, don't piss on the couch. That's the only downside. You you either have to take it with you, or you got to find a sitter, and yeah. That's the only downside to having a dog. Mine can't have a sitter mine literally has to go with me because she's just that attached like technically we're attached to each other yeah. so like i have friends who was who were like i would offer it's like babysitter. no no problem but i don't think she'd survive without you here yeah, it's that like long and i was like yikes <laughs> take the head off the snake and it's like yeah my soul yeah basically like you know dogs dogs are very attached to their people Pretty so nice. It's it's kind of a sad thing in a way because if you like leave them, it's it's very heartbreaking to see. So back to our PlayStation story as we went on our little donkey tangent because the dog was walking around. <laughs> and we're talking. She's about- gonna be popping in and out a lot. Yeah, You're gonna probably yeah. hear her at so some point. Freaking when you got into your gaming thing and that one game like clicked to you, you were like, "Holy shit!" It was that like your go-to, and then it was like, "Let me try this genre or RPGs or." What so you- it was it was a weird time when I first started with my PlayStation. Um. Like I said, I was very iffy on it just because I'd wanted the Nintendo 64 because that's what everybody I was talking the, about. Uh, I know it's a shitty console, guys, but the second Saturn I wanted. So. Yeah, and like my cousin had had the N64. So I'd been playing, before I even got my PlayStation, I'd been at his place playing um, Diddy Kong Racing a lot. 
So, you know, I was kind of I was kind of attached emotionally already to that Nintendo. <laughs> so when I got the PlayStation, <laughs> I was very much like, I don't I don't know how to feel about you. Like, you know, it's it's when you get like that one friend where like they push it on you when you're a kid, when you're like, hi, look, this is so and so go play with them. And you're just like, I don't. I mean, all right, I guess <laughs> I have no yeah, one to play, play with. with. And you're just like, I don't know how to feel about you. No. So like I started it and I'll admit I did have an immediate click with Spyro. Um, I don't believe I had played it until I actually got the game. Like my parents just had stood at the counter talking to the employees for a good half an hour about like what a potentially good game for me and my little brother would be. So, like, they decided on that. I don't know why they decided on Final Fantasy VII. I think it's because I wanted it personally, and I don't remember why I wanted it. It's funny, because be I just got a fair. game for my PS, PS Vita, which is fucking Tumby, and everybody's like, why'd you buy that? I'm like, it's $4, and I've always wanted it as a kid. And we just couldn't I mean, it. you know, when you're an adult and you get that nostalgia, I'll be honest, I'd never played Chrono Trigger as a kid, and... I just I didn't have the money to afford it when it was on PlayStation One because you know parents were the ones buying my games, so I had to like pick and choose what I what I would eventually get. Yeah, I mean, um, so us, like when I was now as an adult, when it was on PlayStation and it was like for the Vita, and it was like five bucks, I bought it and I played it in college for the first time, and I was like, huh, that's what I missed out. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be with right now. I'm playing Tumby on the Vita, and I'm like. Wow, this is really good graphics. I, I am a little this. sad though, because like some of those PSP games, like you can't play them on the Vita, and I still have my Unless PSP disc. So there's a lot of there's one guy out there who's like been emulating all his shit, but there's a certain <laughs> version he emulated, and he's like it took him I think over a few months to emulate a few things. Hi. He's like, yeah, you can do it, but the problem is getting the right firmware, and he's like, that was the hardest part on Craigslist trying to find the correct Vita with the uh, correct firmware. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Like that sucks. I wish Sony, honestly, for us gamers, man, would just like fuck it. Here's our catalog. I still have my PSP. Um, it just won't read the discs anymore. Like I tried to pop a disc in it like a few months ago, and it sounded like it was dying. And I just kind of freaked out and took the disc out. I was like, oh god, don't do the thing. (laughs) I was scared because it was one of my favorite ones. Because I'll admit, um, up until the last three games, um, one of my favorite games or at least one of my favorite series, was the Star Ocean yeah. series. Um, that I played, I think, back in 99? I had bought I had bought the second story one for the PlayStation 1, the one that came like two discs. I had bought that in a bargain bin at a Toys R Us. And I had bought it on a whim. I bought it on a whim because I had packed up my PlayStation because we were going to my uncle's beach house for a few weeks in the summer and I was really bored and I didn't have a lot of games at the time. So we popped by a Toys R Us on our way so I could get another game so I could play when I didn't want to go to the beach. Cause I was I'm not a beach person. Like I'll sit in the sand, I'll read, but I'm not big on going into the water. Yeah, it's like, I, don't want to, um, I don't want no jaws onto my <laughs> I just, I don't care for the sand in places that you don't want it in. <laughs> 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 and the salt water is just get not, mm, you know, so, salt water is just not fun on your face. <laughs> um, but yeah, I bought it on a whim and I really loved it. I fell in love with that game. That was in elementary school, I think. No, it was in middle school. Um, and then they remade it for PSP with voice actors, I remember. And I'm just like, uh, I loved that game. I got it. I had... The voice actor for Claude sign it, who also did Shinji 
in Neon Genesis Evangelion, and he also did magic in one of my favorite series as a little kid, which was Orf- uh, Sorcerer Stabber Orphan, yeah. which I knew because of my cousin. And when I went in and I got him to sign the game uh, box, I also got him to sign one of the manga for Orphan. And he looked at it and he's like, you know I did this? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, God, wow, that's old. That brings back so much flashback. Yeah. I think my first um, favorite voice actor was definitely uh, some of you guys might know him from Metal Gear Solid, but David Hayter, like that was like my game because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge Hideo Kojima fan. Like, and even the new game that's coming out, I'm like, oh my god, this listen, is, this, is fucking, this is gonna get crazy. And I'm like, I still have meet Metal Gear. Listen, I don't, I, I, I avoid that genre, and I've been following Death Stranding like a crazy person, and I'm just like, I might actually have to like one, sit down and force what, myself to play I it. I don't know what the fuck he's really doing because like he, once he left Konami, we're like, all right, because this is what Hideo did. So it's like, and then we're like, Norman Reedus and like PT, which we both already played PT. PT would scare the kid shit out of you. Like, yeah. no matter, like, and I'm a kind of guy that I'll jump in fucking anything, but this, that game, when you, once you saw Norman Reedus and you're like, oh, the game's been canceled by, you know, um, Guillermo and all them, they're like, no, we're not doing it. And then, like, a few months later, Hideo was like, yeah, I'm done with Metal Gear Solid. I'm not going to do this anymore. And then you were like, where's Norman going? And they're like, well, we're doing blah. And you're like, Oh shit! Because Hideo is one of those guys. Even when Metal Gear Solid Four came out, he would leave small fucking Easter eggs like, for months and days. And he's one of those developers that are like, "I'm gonna make you work for this." I'm really yeah. Like, if you're a fucking fan, you'll find it out. I'm gonna make you. And then when he's like, he speaks very little English. You know, he's Japanese, but he knows how to get us followers fucking like hooked to him. Even this game too. It's like the first trailer came out at E3. You're like. Wait, what the hell is this game? And why is Norman Reedus holding a dead baby or holding a baby? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't even care what it's about. I want it. Then the second trailer came out, like a little bit of gameplay. And you're like, oh, oh. Even I mean, I, just, I was hooked from the first one when you saw, like, the Norman Reedus. And I was like, whoa, what is happening in this? And I knew it was kind of like, it, it definitely had sort of like that that shocking factor to it. Like, it, it was trying to, like, shock you and... and and make you kind of go, whoa, whoa, this is a little, like, almost horror, but not really horror. Yeah. Um, more like suspense, I guess. Like, Metal Gear um, Solid Five, he ended up doing that. There's a, uh, some fucking level. It's called The Skulls, and these freaking people have been, like, computerized. It's fucking creepy as shit. They can jump from one map to the other map. You're like, shit, don't move. Hide in a bush. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Like, See, I, I never got to play any of the Metal Gear games, but I did have a friend that I watched play because, <laughs> and the only reason they got me to watch them play it is because they mentioned that weird little um, trick where if you're, oh God, what was it? The second guy, what was his name? Ra- Raiden? Raiden? Was Ryan. it? Raiden? Okay. I, I, wow. Okay. My gaming knowledge isn't too bad anymore because I'm, I'm a little rusty <laughs> on certain <laughs> games, but um. They, they had mentioned that weird little thing where he, like, you have to stealth him naked somewhere. Yes. And then if you if you hit in certain angles, you'll see that he has no genitalia. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and I was like, oddly fascinated by wanting to well, know, like, like, is this a thing? Like, Hideo would, like, the first game, you would unplug your paddle, and then you would stick it in, like, port two. And then he would, the character would read your like, memory cards, like, oh, Mantis read your memory cards. And there was a video on Facebook that just came out with the two guy in the freaking store trying to rob it. And somebody yeah. put it over to, like, Metal Gear Solid. So I commented back, it was like a Metal Gear Solid, you know, the, the theme of, like, the alert theme. And I'm like, the dude should have plugged it into port, you know, plugged his controller into port, too. And I got, like, over 300 fucking likes. <laughs> People were dying on Facebook. I was like, 
that was a deep pull. I'm like, well, if you're a Metal Gear Solid fan, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I bet. You know, but it's like, yeah, like, he could just run that Metal Gear Solid 2, he has to run through, like, the, the hangar, he's butt naked because he's trying to find his clothing, but he's also going through a psychological breakdown because he's finding out, is this a simulation? Am I inside a video game? Or, like, Hideo was, <laughs> he was fucking people up in this game. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, video games have always been, like, an integral part of my life. Even before I got my PlayStation, I'll admit, I had played some video games. I just hadn't played them as often because my dad had two Atari systems. Oh, so I would play on his Ataris. So I had been playing Atari way before I even played PlayStation. I just didn't play it as often. And I guess, console, my, I, I guess my mom really wanted me to kind of be like a girl girl. So like, you know, they didn't really introduce me to video games very much until like that PlayStation. And I think, I think sometimes my mom still regrets <laughs> having introduced me to that PlayStation because sometimes she's like, you like video games more than you like socializing. And I'm like, video games are like visual books. Like, I don't, not only you know, that, why, like, why? I'm going to get into another topic with us. You know, now that we know that like the PlayStation came out and the N64 and then the first advent of the PS2 using the, the networking, you know, what do you think, you know, now being able to go online, talking to anybody across the world, and being able to play at any time zone. You know, as you said, your mom said, oh, I wish you were more social, I wish you were more... Now do you, how do you think more kids, more people get to, like, experience that now? Like, what's your opinion on that? Uh, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword, to be fair. Um, I have nothing against being able to just, like, interact with anybody I want whenever I want in the world. Um, on certain games, obviously, because not all games can do it. Um, I think it's really ingenious that you can do it, but I do also feel kind of bad because, you know, you've got all these little kids playing as well. Because you have to take into account that there's a whole spectrum of people playing video games. Like, for instance, me, I'm an adult, and sometimes I forget that not all adults eat, play anymore or have time to play, mm. to be fair. So, you know, when you go online and it's a shock because you see all these little kids and you hear all these kids and you just you, you kind of remember, like, consoles are technically for children. You know, they're they're marketed towards little kids and, and the younger generation. And you're just kind of sitting in that limbo like, ah. And not, that's not to say there isn't obviously like a whole bunch of adult gamers. There are, obviously. You know, how else would the industry have survived at this point? Um with all these iPads and iPhones and things that kids are now into as opposed to video games themselves. Now it's like the parents like, Oh, you're crying. And and technically you can play a lot of console games on your phone or your iPad if you buy them. Cause now a lot of them are available on all these systems. So, you know, adults have definitely kept the, the console industry itself, uh, afloat. Um, but I mean, I like it, but sometimes I don't just because of the way people treat each other online. You know, it's it's really difficult. I think when I first got into the Xbox 360 and I had to work my ass off to get an Xbox 360, I didn't know because this is before, like, you know, there were party chat systems like, like that, but Microsoft had it down to a science to where, like, it comes with a headset and you get to talk to people playing Halo. I didn't know fucking teabagging. I didn't know any of this shit. And the minute I got <laughs> Halo and fucking spamming and... I'm like, day one, I mean, I already fell in love with Halo, and I was like, this is Halo, wow, this is, this is great, loving it, yeah. you know, and it's like, I would spend, you know, two, three in the morning, up with my brother-in-law, who lived in, who lived in uh, San Diego at the time, because he was in Marine Corps, 
you know, and he has a kid and stuff like that, and we'd be like, alright, well, my time zone's this, your time zone's this, because you're the East Coast, wake your fucking ass up, get some sleep, and then we'll <laughs> play, and I was like, wow, I didn't know there were spammers, I didn't know there were fucking hate mailers, and then there was people that are, if they found it, you were gay, they'd fucking bash you for that, and then Sony and Microsoft would jump in and was like, listen, yeah, don't post your shit, don't, you know, leave your, you know, I was like, wow. And then yeah. why, why PlayStation 3 took it, didn't have the party chat system, it was such a fucking downfall for it too, because it was like, oh man, why, where's this party chat, you know? System and yeah. People were just like, like you said, double-edged sword is either like, you want to bond and you want to be with people, but at the same time, it's it's kind of a way for you, you don't know who I am, I don't know who you are, so I'm going to just fucking spam you or harm you in any way I can. Yeah, it's like, because people don't see each other and they don't necessarily make that connection right off the bat with each other, mm. it's just very easy to be less humane and less, you know, uh, caring or careful mm-hmm. of who's on the other side of that screen. Because um, in a way, I guess our minds kind of like don't process that that's another human on the other side. Exactly. So we just don't care as much. Like for me, I love playing Little Big Planet. It's oh, one of my favorite games. game, I literally had to... Funny story about that. I literally... It came out, and I had the PS3. I worked my ass off of that. Bought it used from EB Games. Came out... The first one I got, I guess, was broken. I guess the <laughs> the graphics card wasn't set on it. Because I got the 20 gig, and this is like when PS3s already were out. But I was like, oh, uh-huh. shit. I had to work my ass off to get it. And then... <laughs> I remember I had to bring it all the way back to GameStop. GameStop was like, listen, we got rid of the 20 gigs because the 60 gigs could have had back. I wanted the backwards compatibility to like the PS1 game because I still had Metal Gear Solid 1 that I wanted to play every so often. It was one of my favorite games. <laughs> and um, I remember I had like, a blockbuster down like the street and I like end up jogging to it. I missed a copy of Little Big Planet by like two seconds. Some oh, guy, no. Some guy already rented it. And I'm like, well, I can not afford this because I only got like one game for the PS3 and it was like, I think Call of Duty 4. Because it was one of the biggest hits of the year, which I, yeah. I don't regret getting. I don't regret playing that game. That game was fucking amazing. And then Metal Gear Solid Four was coming out, and I was already fucking. I pre-ordered that game, fucking like that. It was coming my way. But Little Big, <laughs> I, I missed Little Big Planet by like a minute, and then like a couple of days later, like the, the manager was like, "Hey, I'll call you when it's back in stock," and he made sure to hide a copy just so I could play it. I uh, I traded in my first copy, like the the volume one of it, the original one, because I finished it and. You know, like, after the second one and third one came out and, like, they added all those other features, they, they were just more fun. Yeah. Um, when it fun. when it started, it was a great game to play, you know, multiplayer. Like, it was great to go online and meet people and stuff. But now, I'll admit, I don't really play it online unless I have, like, local people that I know that I'm going to play mm-hmm. it with me. Just because, like, Little Big Planet is notorious for you getting in that game. And it's kind of like, uh, what's this game? It's kind of like... I guess Grand Theft Auto, where like you'll log in and there's like twenty ten years olds uh, cussing up a storm, yeah, and like like, like mommy, literally mommy, like insulting you because you're just church. trying to play with them. You're like, all right, we're gonna play a game, mm-hmm. and they're just literally cussing every five seconds at you and going, "You're an adult. Why are you playing this game? Why are you? Why aren't you working?" And I'm like, it's... "Kid, go to school. Leave me alone." <laughs> I think the funny part you're on. Uh... I logged into Destiny 2 yesterday because a good friend of mine was on. He was playing it. So I was like, all right, let me get back in and, like, find out what I needed to do. We're at a party. Me and, like, all, you know, we're in our 30s and 20s. We're all playing, having a good time. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, one of the guys we're playing with, who I'm now friends with on, you know, the lawn line. It takes about 20, 30 minutes for me to finally say hello to somebody. And we're playing. My buddy already knew who the guy was. And he was super chill. We're all talking. These two kids pop in. 
They're like, blah, blah, blah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, guys, out, 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 out. Like, oh, my God. I hate when they just scream at you yeah, in your like, ear. It's like 21, 21 or older. Yeah, it's 21 or older. Get, get out of the party. <laughs> and my buddy's like, crap, I forget I was the party leader. I could have just kicked them out. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. So, you know, you, you eventually sometimes you have to give up on games. Because it's usually a little kid. And uh, I don't. Yep. Yep. There's only one little kid I play with. Is my nephew. He's very mature. He's like an eight-year-old that I play with him, and I locked on the party because I'm just like, I logged into him one day to play uh, Fortnite, and I had over the next seventy friend requests in one hour. Oh yikes! Yeah, no, was, God, was, gross. Yeah, <laughs> that was very gross. But I mean, going through that I, lifestyle, I mean, like you see the kids now on nowadays. They're you know they're playing these games, and now they're able to like you know get home from do homework, and they're like, hey, I'm I'm now going to play a multiplayer game because now I don't need to go outside. You know, yeah. What do you? What's your opinion on like? Would you rather see kids going outside? Do you rather see them more exploring, or you know, is is this the new genre? I want a balance. I want a balance because when I was a little kid, I'll I'll be honest, I was grateful that my parents didn't buy me a console sooner than they did. Um, Because when I was little, I was I was that girl. I was that tomboy. I was riding a bike. I was climbing trees. I was skinning my knees. I was you know chewing on plant life that I probably shouldn't have been chewing on. I was uh, poking my fingers on cactuses and daring my friends to do the same and see who who got their finger pricked first. <laughs> um, you know, we were outside all day and and it was fun. And I'm not saying you know don't don't let kids have consoles, but I feel like introduce them a little later on in life so that they learn that outside is an option and it's not just video games uh because they do need to develop like you know a sense of uh a sense of survival instincts as i like yes. to call it because i feel like kids need to learn to survive I mean, you always hear those out in the doors and like, like if they kid. scrape their knees it's not like the end of the world it's like oh ow it hurts all right cool i'm gonna go climb the next tree <laughs> exactly <laughs> um I feel like, you know, when they're when they're really young, they need to learn to play outside and socialize because the problem is if you introduce them to games and stuff like that too young, they forget how to use their words and they forget how to talk to other people. Um, so, yeah, definitely introduce them later on in life. And once you do learn to set limitations and times, because I mean, I'm not saying my like my parents did try to set limits for me and stuff but but i did get a little crazy hooked on them there were you know times in in middle school where it was summer and my parents would be like go to bed and i'm like "Uh, it's summer i'll do what i want and so i'd be sitting in my i'd be laying in my room i had my own tv and i'd be laying in my room and it'd be five o'clock in the morning and i was still playing final fantasy 9 and my mom would come in like 6 30 in the morning to wake me up to do chores and she's like why are you so tired and i'm like I stayed up playing games and she's like, no, go to bed. Or she'd wake up in the middle of the night and be like, turn it off. And I'm like, mom. <laughs> so, I mean, it happens, but like, you know, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It's normal. It's normal life. Everybody's going to get hooked on something at some point, it's but definitely learn to learn to know your own boundaries. And, and like, I want kids to be able to like, eventually be like, okay, I know this is a bad addiction that I've got. So maybe I should try and like work on that and, and do other things as well. So moderation, moderation is great. I, I don't want them to stop. Video games are amazing. I've said it before. Um, as a literature major, I did write a paper. I want to expand on it. I want to make it a thesis eventually. But um, I wrote a paper on how people don't tend to realize, not all video games, obviously. There are those, like, 
quick gratification games um, for obvious reasons, but there are many, many games out there that basically play out as a visual and audio novel. Like you're playing a game and it's like you're basically reading a book or, you know, you're immersing yourself into a book and a story and you're part of it and you make these decisions. And it's great because sometimes, you know, books are wonderful. They do transport you to other places. And I do love books. I will never uh, not love books. I will never consider games a substitute for books. But sometimes you've got those games where you can make the choice and it's not the same with the book where it's very linear and it's like, well, this is what I get and this is how the story plays out. And I wish I'd played it out a different way. And I do like those games. Like, um, for example, Wolf Among Us introduced me to that genre where you, you are the character and you make your choices and the choices you make will affect things later on Mm -hmm. in the game. And so you've got this replayability where you can immerse yourself in the story two, three, a dozen times even, and things will always pan out differently and you will always see different sides to things. And it's, it's really interesting when you can get to do that and you can get to go, Oh, wow. You know, I didn't know this was going to happen. I wonder what would have happened if I made this other choice, you know? I think most kids now are just more into like the online shooters and stuff like that. And that's cause yeah, mostly, this generation is definitely the instant gratification you a, one. You have a game called Fortnite, which you guys already know if you're already playing. You're one of the biggest frickin' streamable, or PUBG on Xbox. And, uh, you know, my nephew's really big into it too, but he he finds time to, like, play his wrestling games and play, like, actual, like, fun games. Like, when I, I got him into like, Little Big Planet, he was like, oh, this is fun because you, like, you made these levels. And, you know, but it's funny because I'm at work and, you know, I made a funny joke. Some kid was just zoned out, probably ADD'd out. Like, like I have slight ADD, which is pretty bad. It gets bad at some certain hours. But I'm just <laughs> like, I'm like, come on, dude. I, I need you to come back to reality. Reality is reality. It's, it's not Fortnite, brother. You know? But I play Fortnite. I don't want to be here. And I made, like, a joke. And this fucking guy had to be, like, no more in his 25, 30s, cracking up so hard, laughing down the hallway. And he's like, that was, like, that was the best an impersonation of a kid right now. That's pretty much what it is. You walk up and but I play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> but I play Fortnite. I'm real hardcore because I play I play a uh, Grand like, Theft Auto and I like to say cuss words no every five seconds. Like, you see like, them at this amazing theme park that makes billions of dollars. There's things in front of them and they're like, yeah, I just want to go home and play games. It's like I I really dislike that the industry has had to have to make money off of these instant gratification games that if you think about it, if you sit down and actually play one of these instant gratification games from start to finish, you're paying way too much money over a game that you can finish in about an hour or two hours. Like if you sit down and do it start to finish and you don't like go like wandering off sideways and stuff like that, if you just do the main quest and whatever, you're just like, wow, that's, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. And I want to bring up a game that we, we got done playing. Cause I was like, I ended up buying it and I heard about it, um, you know, months prior. And I was like, Oh, is the developer actually making this game happen or not? And the game's called a way out. And I was like, okay, well this game is going to force co-op and you got to see her face. Cause you know, we're going to do a speed run. <laughs> we're going to do a speed run. But I was like, we will eventually because got, our audio sucked for the first time we did I, it. I'm so well, we, sad. We didn't share play, but she forgot to hit like, hey, let my voice be recorded on his side. 
and that's we thought it was being recorded to well, be no, fair we was, both thought it was being it was recorded on my side but she didn't hit you didn't hit the special like if you go on the settings you need to put the the Ooh. chat settings into saying yes my voice can be shared on his and also he's recording so it would work vice versa so that's what we that, so if you listen to it on youtube you'll just hear me talking and we're just i'm like yeah mm, penis <laughs> yeah because you know, we're like walking, like oh shit! Because no, 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 I'm no. the one making all the dirty commentary, and he's just like in for the ride, basically. Basically, I'm like, she's like, rub my butt, get your booty against me, and I'm like, what? What's going on? <laughs> you know, oh look at look at his flat ass. I mean, you 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 basically missed me rage at that last stealth part where I just like gave up oh, and I said, God. you're doing it, and I'm just gonna stand behind this wall and wait for you. <laughs> yeah, she literally, I literally was. Yeah. Oh, Way Out was an amazing game. You guys haven't played it. Definitely play it. It's a co-op only game. Um, probably it's the, worth it if you if you got a really good entry. friend. The best thing it wasn't overpriced. It was about thirty dollars, no. and I paid for it full price. Um, I'm pretty sure it will be on discount or deep sale, but definitely, definitely, it gives you a key to uh, send over to one of your friends or pals so they can download a copy of the full game, so you're not using the, the, the Sony SharePlay. Uh, idea. You can also play it on Xbox. I don't know how that's going to work on there because I don't have that feature. But um, my friends played it. Uh, you could play it locally or whatever. But fucking amazing. And it, that was the first game that she actually like. I was like, anybody want to play uh, Way Out with me? You don't need a copy of the game. You just need to fucking jump in. She's like, me. We jumped in and, and I was like. I mean, to be fair, I had seen bits and pieces of it, so I was very intrigued. And it wasn't until we played, remember, that I like literally had my freak out because I didn't realize it was made from the creators of another yeah. game that I love that we, we still need to get you to finish it. We should probably record that, but, um, it's going to be a hard thing to do because yeah, yeah, it was, it was a solo game, but still it was one of my favorite games ever story wise. And, uh, especially since there wasn't really a lot of dialogue. Um, technically I don't think this game actually has dialogue funny enough. Um, but yeah, it was, it was from the same company. And I remember watching that one scene i think it was the bench scene and we kind of went staring at it and i'm yeah, like oh this I, reminds me I was going of another game and then i looked it up and i was like it's from the same people oh god no it was actually me i actually went through the trophy list and i was like all right i want to see if i can grab these trophies like i went to trophy hunting one night with her and yeah we're sitting there and i'm like yeah we were doing the, the and bench I, was, trophy. I was like oh there's and like a like, bench trophy and it's from blah 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 like the taylor brother taylor two brothers she's like what <laughs> yeah, I literally lost my shit. I was like, oh, but I love this game. And then you've never heard of it. So I was just like very upset. Uh, you're like, you gotta, uh, you're going to go to work and I'm going to give you a flash drive. It's going to have the soundtrack and you're going to cry yeah. and like hold yourself at the same time. Like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm like, all right. One of these days, one of these days we're going to have to do one where even if I don't play it, like even if it's just you playing it, we'll just put like a horror game or something on and like i'm pretty sure a lot of people will enjoy my reactions even if i'm not playing <laughs> yeah i mean like i can easily record a uh you know because i'm just gonna be sitting there going nope nope, nope. <laughs> don't go through the door don't go through the door i'm like i'm, I'm gonna be like, like ali I, uh I, I know you to. have to go in that door but uh let me just reiterate that if this were real life i would never go through that door <laughs> oh me neither i'd be like boom 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 don't go through I'm like hell, hell i hate those kind of games i hate those games where it's like it's very obvious you're like i have to go through this door to continue the game but I really don't want to go through the door because <laughs> you exactly. know. Imagine playing You're something like, in mm, VR. I played a horror door. game in VR. I played like the Silent Hillers thing in VR. Oh, I can't play VR games, was, man. I'm terrified. Yeah, I can't. Mm. I played. Till, it's just, it's too real. I played the uh, Until Dawn version and it was fucking insane. No, no. Yeah. Listen, I saw, like, I didn't get to play it myself, but I definitely saw all of 
Until Dawn and M. It, M loves this game. I played Until Dawn, um, and the way I that game that game messed with my head. That game messed with my head. It's like you hear the thing knocking. It's like don't open that door because if you do, she'll die, and you want to keep her alive. Yada yada yada. So I didn't, and I'm like, I came really fucked with you. I ended up doing the walkthrough because I'm like, I wanted to complete. The, I only had the game for I think on game plan for like a week, so I was like, I got to speed. I got to do a speed run. And, yeah. Uh, I speed run it with another. I want to say three hours. Because I okay. couldn't keep it long. I was like, I had to get rid of the game. I was like, shit, I got to get this and get a game fly and drop it off. And it takes a couple of days to get there. Yeah. Yeah, I hate when that happens. Yeah. I usually just go through the bargain bin at Gamefly because those work pretty well. <laughs> I mean, that was like, I'm right now the game I'm playing, uh, which I beat twice already. And I'm going to play one more time. But now Del Maria's playing is uh, Detroit Become Human. Oh, God, yes. And. <laughs> I'm keeping my mouth shut for most time. We tried doing share play last night, trying to get her through most of the story. Unfortunately, my connection was pretty garbage. I think it was Spectrum uh, open here in Orlando. It was pretty was pretty garbage tonight. <laughs> yeah, because it was working fine on my end whenever I share played. Yeah, I think it was just just my connection. Well, the, the, it depends on the boxes outside. They have these huge towers, and sometimes they're doing maintenance without telling you, and they're shutting down things and opening up things. You're like, God damn it. But uh, yeah, I mean, that game, wow, that's new. The screen went full screen. Weird. Um. Anyway, that would have probably been me. <laughs> like whip, whip. Um, <laughs> I don't know. The screen went big screen and full screen. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, well, I rotated my camera for a minute, uh, so that was probably me. <laughs> like, hello, hello. <laughs> but anyway, we're trying to get her through uh, Detroit Become Human. She's like, oh, I've already watched some of the gameplay, but I don't really know. Blah blah. blah. So I was like, she's like, there's a lady. We start talking about this lady, and I'm like, I'm not spoiling shit. I'm here just to sit down and watch you. If you yeah, I, I only know, like, maybe maybe what could be considered maybe the first 20 minutes of the game. That's that's all I know. And even then, I didn't know everything because, obviously, since it is, uh, you know, choose your own actions. Um, it's like that first time the, the when we were using Connor for the first time. And the person I saw play Connor, I wasn't paying attention when they were playing it on YouTube. I was just mostly, you know, using it as background noise while I was doing other things. So I remember, like, the way they played it ended up very differently from how I played it. I just didn't remember the choices yeah, the they choice, had made. The so when I made my choices, I was like, oh, oh, okay, this is not what I remember. What is happening? Well, the thing is, you haven't played Hi. any of the David Hello, Cage Paul. games. So you haven't played Heavy Rain, you haven't played uh, Beyond Two Souls, and you have not played this one, so... No, I have not played Beyond Souls. I have Heavy Rain because it was free on PlayStation well, Plus. I think Heavy Rain and then the, um, Beyond Two Souls are on. They're free now, so you can. Which, yeah, which pisses me off now because um, when, I downloaded. I just haven't played it yet. I haven't had time. I have so many things that I have to finish. <laughs> well, Detroit came out and it was like, okay, you can buy it, but you can only get the de- deluxe version for some god knows reason. That's when it first came yeah. out, and I was like, I just want to buy the fucking game. I don't care about like. And I was like, all right, well, if it's going to give me the soundtrack and shit for 72 bucks, it's like, what's an extra 15, you know? But it's like, oh, no, mm-hmm. you can Heavy Rain with it. And then two, a month later, it's like, Heavy Rain is now free on PS Plus. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? I saw that, and I was like, oh, there's probably a bunch of people who are pissed. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was like, well, I mean, again, again, they can always take away that from the Plus menu, so. True. I think it, it only lasts, like, six months from the day that you downloaded it. No, it, it lasts as long as you have Plus. So as long as they have it on the server, though, you can... Well, I know some games get taken off because it's happened where I'll, I'll play a game and sometimes I'll let it go for a few months and I'll try and come back and it says, like, it's no longer available yeah, for Plus. I'm like, eh. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, so it's like, 
Um, heavy rain is fucking amazing. It will break your fucking soul on purpose. Um, you gotta be careful with that game. Because there is a sequence where you gotta either chop your fucking finger off or not. You. Yeah. So. Yikes. No thanks. I'm yeah. good. Yeah. And that sequence is in Heavy Rain where he has to, you know, the father has Ooh. to do what he has to do. Ooh. Uh, and you're literally taking the paddle and you're like, do I, do I, do I slam the paddle down? Do I keep hitting the button? Do I, you know. Detroit's got a whole other uh, element of Android becoming human and really, really good. I know there was a scene I was telling Delmarie about where they took it out of, they kind of edited it in France. It's the child abuse scene. And they're like, hey, we took it out oh. because of yada yada reasons. In France, we don't really believe in this. This is kind of taboo. And David Cage knew that because he is from France. He's from Paris. So he's like, he talked about it openly. But uh, the game's got- It's really funny how it's taboo, but it's like, well, but does it happen in France? Because I'm sure it happens yeah, it in France. Happen. So how is it so taboo? Yeah, it's just something they don't they don't like to show. You know, it's something they don't like. They don't like. Well, I mean, I understand the show. I just, I, I'm hoping they do talk about it, though, in a sense, because no, it's did. like they, if you don't talk they, about it. Yeah, they, they brought it up, and David was like, "Well, this is kind of a, a big thing in here and all around the country. You know, it's, people should understand this, the sequence, and this timing, and it's." Detroit is a really good game. I finished it twice. I'm starting to get mostly all the damn trophies. There's a couple of trophies that I'm like, ooh, it's kind of rough to get those. But um, it's going to make you both cry and tear up and stuff no. like that. The end, so. And she hasn't, like I said, she hasn't gone all the way through it. When she does, she's going to be like, I hate you. I'm going to be very upset with my life. I already know it. Like, we've barely started the game and I already know I'm going to be very upset with my life. We found out that there was a scene we could avoid that you didn't know about. And I, I avoided it somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when Marcus you, was leaving the paint shop, and I was like, "I remember no, this. He's going to get mauled by these people. Maybe I can, maybe I can, like, like you know, delay this." Everybody, and I'm like, "Oh shit, you can do that. Oh shit, you can do that." It's just like it's a David Cage game. It's it's. I mean, the team from Quantic Dream. They they don't fuck around. They everything is a story and an aspect. And what else? Are we- I just like that I avoided it. I was like, "Oh, I know he's going to be confronted, but I want to delay it as much as exactly. possible." And then You're I just like. like Literally walked around it and, and got on the bus, the and I was like, chart. "You're like, oh, huh. I wanted, I wanted to talk to the <laughs> I hot dog vendor. I didn't have to do it. Okay. I wanted to talk to the hot dog vendor. I wanted to do this. There's so many different elements of the game that that's coming yeah. up. So we'll definitely talk about that more. You know, as she plays along, I'm pretty sure, um, <laughs> stuff like that. But I really wanted like to, to dig in. Like I said, you talked about your geekism and how that all started. What was it like? You know, then when you got your first PlayStation and then coming out to like junior high and kind of like, did you find like your group? You know, did you find, or were you just you? Oh, God, that's complicated. Um. I know my, I know mine. I was never, I was a geeky guy, but I was also into bodybuilding, and I was also into, like, tech shit, so. Um, growing up, I was definitely, I was a bit of a loner, just because I was in a place that, so I started my formative years in the U.S., and then I moved to Puerto Rico. Dog. Could you not? Thanks. It it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's because she was like moving the chair. <laughs> you didn't see her, but she was like moving the chair and like sniffing at it. And so she freaked out. And I'm like, that's what you get. <laughs> um, but yeah, now you're scared, aren't you? <laughs> there she is. Oh, oh, no, honey. No. Okay. No. Oh, that's awkward. Don't. No. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, she, let's see, I I was raised in the U.S., I moved to Puerto Rico, and it's very different, mindsets, you know, are very different, people act very different. Puerto Rico is very much this culture, at least at the time, of, you know, girls play with girls, boys play with boys, and you don't really cross that line. And 
you know, here I am, a girl who's very much a tomboy, who, like, climbs things and loves the color pink and <laughs> glitter and still manages to scrape her knees and not care. And it was just very difficult trying to fit in. So when I got into video games, I did meet a few guys um, that we bonded over video games. We'd play video games together. Or I'd play at their houses, things like that. But it was just still very difficult because there was still that whole thing of, like, they're boys, hmm. you know. And and I wanted well-rounded friends. I wanted boys and girls to hang out with. And, and girls weren't really into hanging out with me because I was different and I wasn't super crazy girly at the time. And I kind of isolated myself as well just because it was very overwhelming to be bullied um, at the very beginning. Mm. So I kind of like just auto-assumed everybody was going to eventually continue to bully me. So even when I changed schools and I met new people and stuff, I was I was very much a wary kid. But I did have my little groups. They were not Always the best groups. <laughs> I did end up hanging out with uh, more, not so much the geeks, but the outsiders for sure uh-huh. were my big uh, group. Hi. Yes, hello. <laughs> um, I hung out with basically like the Hot Topic crew, as we like to call it. <laughs> So, like, a lot of the rockers, you know, everybody in their parachute pants and their spiky bracelets and all the crazies with the goatees and and the, the, you know. But even though I hung out with them, I wasn't part of them, if that makes sense. Like, I'd hang out with them at school, but I was very different from them. I had my thing. But I'd also hang, I'd also talk with the people who, like, kind of sat down and played Yu-Gi-Oh cards back in the day when that was a thing. Um, you know, I'd, I'd mostly hang out and talk about video games and stuff like that. And, and that was it. And then when they'd start their own thing, I'd wander off and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I found a few female friends who started getting into anime with me. And that was when Adult Swim was, a th- well, no, not Adult Swim, when Toonami was a Tsunami thing. Was a, you can, yeah. Was a and so, yeah, I found my, my Sailor Moon and my Gundam Wing friends and it was, uh, it was a crazy time, that but I, I, I depended more on family than friends. So, yeah, I guess it was a little difficult for me just being that girl gamer. And, like, I didn't really have female friends at all mm-hmm. growing up that were into games. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I met two or three people who kind of played video games, but not really. It's, and I've it's, changing a lot. And it, but to be fair, I'm still at that point where... I'm in my 30s and I'm an adult woman and I still don't have female friends who game or like enjoy games to the cert- to the level of passion that I do. Mm-hmm. So it's still pretty difficult to find gamer girls and a lot of the gamer girls that you see they're not very popular um because it's it's, it's still very much considered a guy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you'll see a lot of female gamers on Twitch but there is that controversy of, you know, are they doing it because they actually enjoy video games or are they just doing it to, you know, show off, you know, the the cleavage and get the money mm-hmm. and things like that and they'll only play like maybe one or two games. They don't really expand on other well, games. They don't talk about games. You get into a big genre of gaming. It's like, okay, what what do you play? Do you play Call of Duty or yeah. do you play Black? You know. What do you- yeah, and the shooting the shooting games, unfortunately, there's not, like, a lot that you can do. It's either Fortnite or, you know, Overwatch, uh, yeah. Overwatch or, you know, Halo or, you know, um, what, what the, uh, PUBG. Yeah. So there's, like, not a lot. Um, 
me, I, I expand into different genres. I don't do a lot of multiplayer, so that might be added to it. Um, I believe so, because like, I play with a lot of girl gamers, and that's why I met a lot of the girl gamers that I play with, and I'm going to get back to the to geekism with it, you know? Yeah. When did you... You know, it's like, it's you don't play with a lot of girls, but when it's like, do you think their geekism has kind of, geekism and nerdism has kind of blended with you more? Does that help more? It helps socialize a lot more with them, and it helps connect with them a little more, I think. Um, it also kind of helps you open up to new genres and things like that that maybe you don't necessarily play and if that person uh connects with you on the level of like you know they're very passionate about games too you kind of introduce each other to different Mm -hmm. genres of gaming and you know that that definitely does help expand and it does help um make that connection with other female gamers and it helps you feel empowered too because sometimes it is a little lonely as a female gamer because you'll see them Like, You'll see them a lot in in gaming uh, stores and things like that, and you might meet them online in chat rooms. But we don't tend to be very out there on our consoles. Very, yeah, very introvert. Is what I've, I yeah, I think a lot of us also hide because of the stigma of like. Because it's happened to me, you know, I used to think it was very exaggerated when girls would say, oh, I don't use my mic ever when I play a game because guys will basically verbally attack me and not necessarily well, not in a bad way. Games. Like when you, I've had plenty but, of girl gamers that I play with and the minute they found out they were girls, they were getting spam blocked, they were getting, a yeah. request, they were getting, and I'm like, can y'all fucking chill for one minute? They got a vagina. Like, yeah, just- that, that would happen to me a lot. Um, the only community that never did that to me, and let me tell you, it was, it was kind of shocking for that to happen. And I really appreciated it at the time was when I started playing DC universe online on PS3. Mm, Um, I started playing it with a guy gamer and he put me in his guild and I was terrified because all of the other people that I could hear were grown men. And I thought, Oh God, this is it. You know, if, if I turn on my mic and I say, hi, that's it. That, that ends me playing this game. Yeah. It's technically not true either. Like the people that play those kind of games or those MIMOs, they're, more or less looking for a guild. They're looking for people, and they're actually yeah. like, they want to get out of their head. Technically, just to get through the game, you need you need people. like and it's a like, party. And most of them don't care because they're all, they, got, they got wife and kids and two, and they're just like, listen, I just need time away yeah. from blah. You know, I know you're who you are, who you are. You know, and that's because you usually what it is. Because I play, yeah. I play with a lot of girl gamers, and I'm like, oh, you're on. They're like, yeah, like I'm gonna turn my mic off for a little bit because I'm a little either tired. You know, but yeah, those guys for the for your universe, you jumped into yeah, they were just all about getting people like the guild together. Oh, they just went like, "Oh God, you're a girl. That's so cool." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, hi. hi." And then they were like, "Oh my God, we should do this and this." And they helped me like they they did most of the work. They were like, "We really need a really good healer. What do you think?" And I was like, "I can do that." And so they just like bulked up my character in the in the in a matter of an hour. They were like, all right, we're, we're going to go hunting. We're going to go farming for, like, really good equipment for you. And they were just, the like, spamming up my character. And, you know, they'd be like, let's do this campaign. And I'm like, well, I don't have that expansion pack right now. And it wasn't me trying to tell them, like, hey, you know, I, I really want you to help me out. But it was me going, like, I don't have that yet. But, like, if you can give me some time, you know, I'll, I can save up for it. Next thing I knew, I'd be like pings, and I'd be like, "Hey, you've got this expansion back," and I'm like, "What is happening in this like, game?" Oh, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh," and they're like, "Yeah, shut up now, equip it, and let's go." 
I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know if you guys saw the meme on Facebook. I posted it the other day because a friend posted it to me. It was like, uh, you know, if a guy in a relationship and he wants, you know, he wants his girlfriend to learn how to game and stuff like that, it's either because he loves her or he wants her to become his healer. And yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, this is true. I knew a lot of those guys in the MMOs who would be uh, just kind of like talking to their girlfriends in the background. Mm. And they'd be like, you should join me, whatever. And the girls were like, nah, bitch, I got other things to do. And I'm like, oh, you poor thing. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm the one sitting here like, I want a guy to play video games with, but also I'm really bad at shooters, so don't make me play that, please, because nah, I'm just going to make you angry that was a funny <laughs> when thing you with go, the... hey, no, run away, and I'm going to be like, well, never mind, I'm dead. Yeah, it was like the way out. She was like, I'm not really good at shooters, and then like, there's the last part in the way out where you had to, uh, oh god, you know, and she literally was like going through a stress zone, and my ass <laughs> got blasted. Oh, God, I, I gave up. I gave up on that. I was like, nope, this is on you, friend. You do you. I'm not playing that anymore. Really, duct tape, that's it? What? Double-sided tape? Well, no, no, it's not duct tape. But it's uh, it's that it's that blue gum stuff. Because oh, technically, technically I haven't been able to buy a hook. you got to get 3M. Yeah, you got to get the 3M tape. Yeah, i got to get a hook, honestly. It's probably going to fall off later. I'm so probably going to hear it again. Dang, and I'm just going to stare at it and be like, well. That's what it's going to be. But uh, case in point, so it's like, you know, you're getting into that in the guild, you know, it, what would you say to gamers and like girl gamers now is like you know just keep your options open or play what you play don't let the pressures of you know what's popular or what people say are better uh tell dictate what you play mm-hmm. honestly um because i i don't play a lot of the more popular games yeah, and a, a you know sometimes like, i do yeah she's like have you played this no have you played no it's not that I don't have I see my timing because I'm running a goddamn company of 3D printing and, and R&D research and I'm emailing real com- big fucking companies and I'm like, hey, this is going on or that's going on. She's like, hop on. And I'm like, give me five minutes to finish this up and get this either started on the printer or, you know. And I'm, Lately, it's the other way around. Lately, you're yeah. like, hey, get on. And I'm like, my, I kind of need uh... my dead zone because I've been literally, uh, you know, either 3D modeling or just kind of in new software and I'm just like, this is really fucking stressful because I thought it'd be a little easier. It's, it's not. So um, that's why I kind of take a game off to. And that's because my friends, too, they always tell me to kind of get away from the printers and the computers and the code and just kind of zone out in the game for a little bit. So I'm like, all right, that helps. And, uh, that helps for me. You know, what was the one thing I wanted to mention now that we got to roll through the geekism and stuff like that? You know, what you've been going through. Was there any like big comics that you were reading and stuff like that that really like pushed you through your childhood or like the depression or cause I have a few of my own that I, I usually like to read well um I can't say they pushed me through anything I can say that at the same time that I was addicted to reading books in the library I also had a huge collection of Sonic the Hedgehog and Archie comics and that was like when I was in elementary school and I mean like first grade through third grade um because I could buy them then. And then when we moved to Puerto Rico when I was in third grade, um, I would still read Archie comics. I couldn't find Sonic comics, sadly. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I, there was a period where I wasn't reading too many comics because it wasn't, there were no really like comic book stores near where I lived in Puerto Rico. So for a very long time, I didn't really read a lot of comics. I read like my older comics or my dad had a collection and he introduced me to comics when I was a kid. Same time he introduced me to Star 
Trek and Star Wars and stuff like that. Um, I still have his copy of the original Death of Supergirl. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is one of my, uh, uh, you know, bigger treasures. Um, but he had a whole lot of oldies comics and he, he introduced me to those. So I'm very much into the golden age of superheroes. Um, same thing as now, the, the eternal debate where everybody's like, I like Flash. And I'm like, well, I like Flash, but Wally West Flash. And they're like, who's Wally? And I'm like, yeah. no, stop that. <laughs> because like now, the DC, only, only the like DC now that everybody's but... into DC, they just know Barry. And I'm like, well, I knew Barry as, you know, the 80s Barry where he wasn't very present because by the time I was into comics, he was dead. Yeah. <laughs> he had died and Wally had taken over. And so, like, for me, Flash is synonymous with Wally West. So, mm. you know, I've, I've always got that eternal debate. And now that he's back in the Rebirth comics, because everybody's like, well, he's been back for a while. And I'm like, okay, but that's a new Wally West. It's not my Wally West. Yeah. And I have nothing against that Wally West. However, he is very much a different character. They didn't redesign him and keep his characteristics. They just made a new character and gave him the name that's synonymous with the legacy and i'm like no just make him a new character he would have been more likable that way that's the thing it's like i listen to a lot of kevin smith podcasts too and he's kind of breaking it down because he's fusion he's fusion the comic books with wally west and then barry allen and it's like well wally like i knew that from the animated series from you know with kevin conroy to mark hamill and it's like oh my god mm-hmm. that, that was like my go-to as a kid and everybody's like what was your favorite thing like i was like dude honestly like wolverine's my favorite character and like why i was like Ooh. every time his claws come out he's in fucking he's in agonizing pain he even says that in the comics you know when he's yeah when his claws can be screaming because it fucking hurts i was i was very much a rogue fan growing up yeah. i won't lie about that like my cousin had some comics um when i was in my junior high so i did i did read a few not a lot but um let me think something that i might have hmm Back then, oof, there wasn't really a distinct storyline that I can say. I am, however, really much reading. Like I, I'm still, I'm still catching up on the new Flash Wars that just happened on Rebirth. Um, There's so much going on in that universe. It is, it is, it is crazy because the the big thing with comics nowadays is that they tie into different Everything, series. So yeah, you can be reading one series, but if you don't get like certain issues from another line, yeah, you're still kind of lost. It's, let me see how big I. So I'm still trying to catch up. Um, but I am very much reading that one right now. Um, I did read last year the new Rebirth, uh, the uh, the reboot comics for Gem and the Holograms, which was a, a guilty pleasure of mine when I was a kid. We're not going to talk about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the movie has nothing to do with the comics. And, and I have friends. Let's leave I, I the movie alone. I still haven't friends watched it because 80s. I saw the trailer and I washed my hands and I, of it. I, I was born in '86, and I have friends that are like. When the movie came out, we work at you know Universal, and there's like yeah. all these fucking posters and um, yeah, PR and all it my, was it was definitely all my in, friends were in like, the- you know, and my friend even posted a video because he's like he was born in like the seventies, and he was like, that's not the real her, bro. That's not even no. that. he was fucking living. And this guy, my, my friend's like thirty six now. Okay, he's in the street fighter, all that shit. You know, got married, shit happened. Greatest fucking guy I ever talked to, but he was like losing his fucking mind. He was like, I no. bet. He was like, no. He's like, nope, that's not. Fucking. I saw the trailer. I He's saw like, just the trailer, and that was He's enough. Like, that's not that gem. That's not gem or the fucking holograms. Universal fucked it up. Like he was fucking livid, and he still. Th- I mean, I'll admit, I'll admit, I'll probably look up the movie and watch it once just to ha- form just an horrible. opinion, just to be able to form an opinion. But 
It's a- I, I don't have any hopes for it. I have like literally zero expectations of that movie. Tomatoes gave it like a fucking point one. It was just, mm, it was just that bad. Yeah. No. I'm good. I haven't seen the real actual rating, but I'm pretty sure it was that fucking low. Yeah. I know Universal Marketing was like, never again will we fucking turn it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, don't, don't. I know there's a lot of comics I would love to read if I had more money or if I and had like, like you means. Just said, re- rebirth, you know, there's rebirth of this, rebirth of that. And if you don't get yeah. issue two of this, you know, you I, really. And the thing is, comic books are pretty pricey nowadays. I mean, four bucks for, for like, Even what, 12, 12 to 15 yeah. pages or so of a comic that you can read in literally 10 minutes. Yeah, I went to Comixology because a friend of mine was like, I can, I'll let you borrow a few. So he like, was able to transport them over to my tablet and I watched, read a few. I was done within maybe 20, 25 minutes and I'm like, oh, that was a, yeah. great, you know, that was a great story, you know. But, yeah. You know, I, just I, did, I did like growing up, what was this one that I read? Oh, God. Growing up, oh, it wasn't, hmm. Can we count it as comic books? Okay, so... Oof. There were... I would go and sit in Borders back when Borders was a thing. I would sit there for... uh, And I would read, you know, the graphic novels that they'd have. Um, There were a few series of graphic novels I did read. And they kind of helped a little bit through through some some rough patches. Um, I definitely did read... uh, uh, What was it? The run of... Ooh... Darkest Night, and um, I haven't read Brightest Day, and that would be the Lanterns. Uh, so the Lantern Corps mm, storyline, mm. where like a bunch of them were dead, I'm a huge and they all got rings, and I was just like, "What is happening right now?" Yeah, everybody's like, um, "Who's your favorite, Hal Jordan or you know Hal Jordan or John Stewart?" I'm like, "John Stewart." Or like, why? I was like, he just was down to earth. He was a marine. He was this. He was that. Hal Jordan was that. It was so so. The mind. only reason I liked Hal is because of his um, relationship with Kyle and Wally. Yeah. Um, I don't dislike Hal, but until I watched that Green Lantern show that was really good on Cartoon Network, yeah. he just, he, he was kind of a bland character. Same thing with Barry. Back in the 80s, he was very much a bland character until they rebooted him now. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly he's like really great. And I'm like, nah, I still don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Watch a whole bunch of people on your podcast fight me. Be like, excuse you. Excuse you Barry <laughs> Allen is wonderful. And I'm just going to be like, straight, eh, change my mind. Yeah, great. I mean, it's like we all need to find what we need to find. It's like we all, like I said, being a, a nerdism or geekism, you know, it's like we all need yeah. to find what we like and then bond over that. And that's what I felt like when we went to, I went to the con. I, I didn't feel, I felt like I was home with so many geeks and I just was bumping into somebody somebody did some 3D printing I was talking to him about that and one guy didn't know about this I was talking to him about that and I was like wow we're all just fucking in one happy universe like everybody can just enjoy this this moment yeah and one thing with Jeff I guess Jeff Goldblum was showing up like the next couple of days my buddy was like telling me about that he was like I might get in line but I think there's a fucking autograph is like see I knew it told you <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I was like, wait for it. it wait for it. Wait <laughs> for fine. it. Boom. It's fine. You know who it was? It was Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> it was. It, you, you said Jeff Goldblum and it lost its shit. It's like lost its shit. It's like. <laughs> it just went, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> Pass out. <laughs> I mean, I would. If he came walking up, I'd be like, ah. <laughs> Listen, when I saw when I saw he was at the con, I was just like very upset because I wanted to see him. But like, I don't expensive. got that money. My buddy I don't like, got that money. I I'll admit it. I'm I'm a geek and I'm a fan and I love I would love to meet a lot of these people who who've yes, made my childhood and my days. But 
at the end of the day, I got to kind of think like, like, you know, uh, that money goes towards bills, not necessarily, mm -hmm. you know, everything else. My buddy, my buddy Trent, who spent, I mean, he got a free wristband that time I was able to go night one of the MegaCon. He called me up and he was like, hey, you're going to go to MegaCon with me for like a a night. And it's, you know, I got a free pass. I think he ended up spending like 600 bucks, but he was like, yeah, he's like, even I know I spent a little too much. And just getting to parking was a bitch. And we had to pay for parking. And yeah. In, we I mean, went up for dinner, and it was. I was like, "Wow, I cannot imagine people flying in to do this." How? I know, I know a lot of people, and I respect those people who do pay the prices to meet their idols because you know these people impact us in different ways. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I know you know, it's I paid for an autograph for Pete from Peter Beagle when I found out that he was going to be at the convention that I was at, just because he was such an integral part of my childhood. Yeah. Um, so I understand, I do understand on a level, but there are just certain artists that I'm like, I do love you a lot and I do admire your work, but I just don't have that money. <laughs> that was my uh, buddy Trent. He was going to get, a, he got an autograph by get down. Uh, Danny Glover and he was like a real true story. So he went, he went to get an autograph and then he was like, oh, can I get a photo also? And they're like, oh, that's another 80 bucks. And, mm -hmm. and he was like right next to Danny Glover. Like his his assistant told my buddy Trent was like, "That's another eighty dollars." My buddy was like, "Well, I like I like you, but I, do I like you that much?" Yeah, you know, it's kind of like he felt like shit. He's like, "I wish I kind of pulled it aside and like told that prior, so I could like make my budget because that's not cheap to get an autograph, yeah to no. get an autograph and then get a photo no. which is eighty bucks." And he's like, "I like you, but I don't like you that much." Yeah, he's like, he's like I felt like shit. You know, I didn't know. I don't kind of because Danny's right there, you know, he's up in age. Yeah. And you're like, oh. I'm sure some of them aren't really insulted. Like, it depends on the person. I've, I have, I've, I've had friends who've had stories where, you know, they've wanted to take a picture and they've, they've gone to take a picture. And, uh, you know, the artists themselves say, yeah, that's fine. And it's, it's usually the, the handlers and things like that that get in the way and say, no, no, you got to pay extra. And the artist is like, just, just let it happen, man. Yeah, and let, they're like, yeah, nope, it, nope, yeah. contractually, no. And it's it just kind of sucks. Yeah. But I've I've had people who've been like, hey, like I paid for this picture. Can my wife come in the picture with me? And they're like, oh no, no, it's you know you paid for the picture for yourself. And like I've had the I've seen the artist step in and be like, it's just the wife. Let them in. Yeah. It's just two people. Like yeah, it, it shouldn't two, be that big fucking, a deal. Yeah, it takes two fucking seconds, and they've already like I did the math. Like the Jeff time Goldblum, that you're like, fighting, we could have taken the picture and moved on with I our did lives. The math on Jeff Goldblum. I'm like, okay, so if like 600 people took a photo with him at like 80 dollars, he was already at like seven thousand dollars that day. I was like, Jesus, I bet. Christ, I bet. That's why I like sometimes when they'll tell you like up front, like, hey, it's this much for a picture, but you can have up to four people in it with you, and you can be like. Okay, well, I can budget better with that because if like me and my other friends also want to meet a certain person, we can all just you know group it. Mm. Um, but it's kind of sad, like when when really famous people, like you know when MegaCon happened and and Aquaman was there, and it was like a hundred bucks to take a picture with Aquaman, and I'm like, listen, I loved you in Game of Thrones and Aquaman, but I I, I can't love you that much because Mama needs to pay for her Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, Mama needs to pay for Wi-Fi. Well, you're already married with like a lot of kids, so yeah, yeah, it's like, buddy, you're gonna make more than what I can pay you right now exactly. for your next DC movie. So you know, you're not really hurting for that cash. No. I, on the other hand, am not making Aquaman films, and therefore I'm hurting for the cash. So another one thing I'm pretty much tied to podcast with this is the magazine you've been working on. Like, how did you get into that? And like, what are your current projects? And Oh, yeah. So I'm currently working on a charity magazine. Um, 
I ran into the idea of fandom magazines very recently. It was about a year or so ago. I didn't know it was a thing. I was on my Tumblr. And next thing I know, like somebody's promoting like, hey, you can pre-order this this magazine made by fans about this uh, specific show. And, you know, you get all you get this magazine sent to your house and it's it's, you know, full color and and sometimes you can bundle it and it'll come with some extra goodies and things like that. And, you know, it's a really nice way to sometimes um, some of them are just, you know, for the artists themselves, you know, they they pay the artists to do it. Um, Others are for definitely for like good causes, charities, things like that. Um, I got into the the idea of it because I thought it was interesting just because I am. A literature major so I always find like you know making a book creating something you know for fandoms and things like that really fascinating and the fact that people you know they they literally go out of their way to sit down and spend hours on a piece of art for a fandom that you know they're not going to make money out of at the end of the day it's just for them to show how much they love said fandom and that they're willing to share it with the world is pretty pretty awesome mm-hmm. at the end of the day so I decided to do one because I thought, you know, it'd be great to do a fandom magazine, but I definitely want it to be for something. And I had seen some Voltron fandom magazines already in circulation, and they were for hurricane relief for both Cuba and Puerto Rico. And they were, um, you know, for charities like for mental illnesses and, um, you know, for depression, LGBTQ, all that kind of stuff. And I thought it was really great. And they'd be themed kind of like to their to their charities. So I threw out an idea on a Discord uh, Voltron group that I have. And I thought, you know, there have been a lot of animals and pets on Voltron. Wow, what if we did like a magazine kind of surrounding the idea of these characters and, and you know, space animals or real animals? Because, you know, everybody had cannons, their own, you know, ideas like, hey, you know, when Shiro comes back to Earth, uh, he's gone through so much shit. He's definitely going to need a, a PTSD dog or something. Pretty much. <laughs> um, and a lot of people surprisingly were very much into this idea. So I I kind of officially Google documented it and I was like, here, like, I'm going to throw out a survey, see how people feel. Definitely got over 100 intri- uh, entries of interest. And I slowly kind of started inching it out there. I was like, let's see how this works. I had a friend who offered, you know, free promotional graphics and things like that. And from there, it just really snowballed into something I didn't expect um, just from an idea. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I thought somebody else would maybe take my idea and roll with it. And no, no it, it, it definitely ended up me just no, kind of piloting. It's when an art, you like shit that I work on. Nobody's like, well, why, why aren't you doing all the work? I'm like, I have to do all the work because nobody else. They'll guide you along the way, but they have other. Yeah. They have other, other well, projects. the thing is, people were like, you can do it, and I was like, I've never done one before. So people literally stepped up and they told me, you know what? Here, here's some links. You know, inform yourself how to do a magazine. We can give you advice. We can help you. Yada yada. Um, people doing their own projects were more than happy to like come up to me and be like, Hey, do you need like help? Do you need any advice? Do you, you know, I can recommend some printers, things like that. So I was like, you know what, let's, let's try this. And it, it definitely snowballed into something I did not expect. And I'm very pleased with, um, I did choose a charity that's close to me at the time, just because I couldn't really think of anything else. And, um, more also because this is a charity that's very much 
hurting um, for help because it is based on Puerto Rico and the island, mm-hmm. and they they rescue a bunch of animals off the street. And um, I've noticed in Florida, there's not that many. Like you can see some strays, but there's not a lot. Puerto Rico, you will see them yeah, sh- on every street on corner. Down. It's very it's very common to see dead animals on the side of street and i wish i could say you know dead animals like raccoons or possums or things like that that you usually see in florida but no you will see dead cats and dogs all the time Mm -hmm. and it's just it's a sad but very common thing and now after the hurricane with families leaving and going to live with other family members in the u.s or like trying to escape and trying to like start anew they will leave their pets behind and sometimes fucking they got hit with maria it it fucking yeah we got hit with irma like a couple days ahead yeah, and then like we got hit right after, like mm-hmm. they got hit. And I have friends that are all Puerto Rico and stuff like that. I'm like hitting them, and I literally, being a geek, I had to like hack my friends' phones just so yeah. they could communicate. Like my friends were like handing me their phones, like whatever you fucking can do. Like how do I get in touch with my family? So I was like hacking through my computer, like giving them Google Hangouts, hopping into their phones, like hacking into their shit. And I was like, guys, like my one friend, like he left his fucking. He had, they had to leave the bird. The bird survived. Like the bird fucking. Yeah, it survived. But like he said, like. They had snakes, they had shit that, you know, they just didn't, you know, wouldn't make it. There are just animals that you can't throw yeah, out on the street, you, you especially gotta, when they're domesticated like, and they've spent their whole life now. like it. I mean, they didn't know, I mean, it's a small fucking island, Puerto Rico. It's not like yeah. in Florida. Like, we saw it's it, tiny. We saw it coming up. We saw yeah. ours, like, we're getting ready and I had friends and family here and even our job closed down for two days and we're like, listen, this time we're not taking a fucking chance again. We're going to let this go through. But... But the sad thing is Puerto Rico is very much prepared for hurricanes usually just because it's very different. Um, Like here, for example, people tend to freak out more in Florida about hurricanes because they know their houses aren't very well constructed for a hurricane. Puerto Rico, houses are made out of cement. And I mean like cement bricks, uh, steel steel rods. Like you know, we we there. know we hurricane season comes by and we're just like it's nap time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we're but this one was definitely not what we expected, and the devastation was a lot worse than what the media paints it mm-hmm. to be. Um, you'll see two or three like really heartbreaking pictures, but that's not the entirety of it at, in the least. And I was there almost a month, and it was just it was completely a one eighty from what I remember my island being. And the lack of jobs and buildings and, you know, a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of companies have definitely pulled out of the island itself. And these these companies were definitely integral to the uh, to the economy. And they are American companies that have pulled out of the island. Yeah, they had to. They're like, we can't fucking they couldn't. Yeah, there. It's, it's just not even that. It's like getting the financial aid to fix it again. And they're like, we we a we don't have the fucking time we don't have yeah the, we don't have the budget and that's a sad thing that some people don't know is yeah and the economy is already pretty messed up so they don't want a hand yeah. in helping it rebuild exactly it's it's hard it's it's, it's yeah it's not like not, we're not trying to tell you guys like hey you know donate to puerto rico but like the shit she's been working on is to like help these all these freaking dogs and shit it's, it's still a yeah fucking, it's still a fucking mess and and the sad thing is here in the u.s you'll see rescue groups they'll pick up animals off the street and these animals the most that you'll see is like they're covered in ticks and fleas and they're starved and you know they're they're kind of shaky but the the charity that i'll be helping in puerto rico they pick up the the bad cases like they'll pick up those cases that are just heart-wrenching um i've actually had to kind of uh mute their pictures on my facebook because sometimes i'll scroll through and it'll just it'll ruin my day just to see 
because the the most recent cases, one of the more famous cases from this charity was from a few months back. My dad was very angry. Like my dad loves dogs, but he never really get he never really reacts too much. But this case actually like hit him and he was just very mad. Um, they had rescued a dog off the street that they found that d- was missing most of its tongue. And it turns out that the owner, when they found the owner, um, the owner had cut off most of the dog's tongue because it was barking a lot. <laughs> That's the only reason they could, like, it was barking. It was barking. It couldn't stand the barking. It cut off the dog's tongue. Um, they pick up a lot of hit and run cases because yeah. dogs get hit all the time and left. And there's like a lot of amputated dogs in their rescue group. So they've racked up bills. Um, recently they had two dogs die because they found one. They rescued one off the streets that had been hit in the head with a machete. And for that to have happened, I just, you know, it destroyed me. I read another case that they had found a literal bag of fur and bones because somebody had dumped a dog into a trash bin and the dog couldn't get out. So they didn't even know how long that dog had been in there. Somebody had just ended up calling because they heard weird whimpers in the trash can and they found the dog. It was uh, the cat that I was given a year ago. They, they found him on near the apartment. The dog couldn't move. It barely lasted like two days with them. It, it died. It was, it was huh. just, you know, when, when you see them put up these cases, it's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it's fucking heart-wrenching, yeah. Because you want to do more. And it's very common to exit out of a Walgreens or a CVS in Puerto Rico. And there's a lot of them. It's very common to exit out. And you'll see, like, Shit two time. or three or, or, like, a pack of six dogs just standing there. And they'll wag their tails up at you. And they'll come up to you and see if you'll, like, pet them and feed them. And it's it's really difficult to see that on the island and know that a lot of those dogs don't know where else to go because they've been pets and they don't know how to survive. Yeah, they're yeah, they're not fucking, you know, straight. Or the owners will abandon them inside their houses. Like they'll leave the house but they'll leave the dog in the home or around the home, like outside in the patio. And it's like, how is that dog gonna get out? How's it gonna feed itself? They just they don't care and it it hurts because if you think about it in an animal as a as a part as you know, it's human, it needs to eat, it needs to feel loved. Um so many cats as well on the island and they're yeah. trying to neuter yeah. as many cats as they can because cats definitely procreate just as much as dogs oh, do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to help out that charity cause they've definitely racked up some bills and the dog that has been popping in and out of this podcast. Um, she is from that rescue group. They, they found her half dead covered in fleas and ticks and um, you know, she was terrified and now she's just very much a bundle of love. My mom got her from our vet because I had I had two dogs back home with them. Um, there's only one left, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them did pass away a few months ago. Um, but our vet works uh, with the charity and like he'll let them rack up bills. He won't charge them immediately, but you know they've got they've got quite a bit of bills oh, yeah. uh, accumulated mm-hmm. at this point, and. I just I just want to help them kind of like relieve those because I know right at the moment they they can't they can barely take any new cases because they keep filling up and uh, you know once they're filled up where else are they going to send more dogs? Um, they have been sending quite a few to Florida and further up north uh, to rescue areas to get adopted, mm-hmm. but it's not easy. It's not cheap. Um, 
you know, not everybody's going to go to the island to get a dog and, no, and come back. No, it's a sad thing. It's like people here, it's, they have other agendas and other things. And it's like what you're yeah. doing. Is, yeah. It's, it's hard to donate where you can. And you got so many mm-hmm. fucking GoFundMes and so many things. But like the thing that you've been working on is. And you never know if they're all trustworthy either. That's the problem. Yeah, Sometimes like they'll, the they'll, they'll, they'll be doing things and you don't know. Yeah. Um, that's why I did my magazine because I'm like, I don't want you to necessarily feel obligated to just be like, like you can you can buy the magazine if you want. You don't have to. You can tell me, hey, I just want to donate a few dollars and I can set that up for you. That's more than fine. Yeah. But I feel like the way for me to gain your trust in what I'm doing is, hey, look, I'm I'm giving you something in return for what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. For these people. And all these people that I've gotten on this magazine, you know, these over two hundred people who applied mm. Because over 200 people applied wow. to donate their time and their talents to making this magazine happen. And unfortunately, I couldn't get them all in because, you know, um, it is it is a production cost to make these magazines. Oh, and yeah, I won't yeah. lie, some, yeah, some of the pre-order it. money will go to these production costs. But I will be putting some money out of pocket as well because I want as much of the money from the pre-orders and the orders themselves to go to the charity as I, as much as I can. Um, but it's, it's kind of my guarantee of going like, Hey, look, you're getting something in return and I can guarantee you this money is going to them. And the whole process, I will be like putting up pictures and things. I'll be like, Hey, look, you know, here's the, uh, here's the account that I'm pulling up for where the money is going to go to. And when that money gets donated, I'm immediately screenshotting like, Hey, look, it went to them. It's, it's all on them. Like I'm trying to be as transparent as possible. And I like this project um, just because I never thought I could do it. A lot of people think to themselves, Oh, well that's cool. You know, some, so-and-so is doing a charity. I wish I could do that thing. And you think, you know, I can't, you know, I wish I could. And I'm like, well, why don't you? And that's what I asked myself. I'm like, why don't I Why? Like, what's stopping me? Like, why can't I? That's the same thing what Kevin Smith always says, guys. You know, he's always like, you know, why, why can't I? And, you know, yeah. like, when I started the podcast, I'm like, how hard is it? And I fucking looked it all up. I'm like, oh, that's all I got to do is put audio on and make sure it's actually up to date and do this and this. Not like, I understand that, you know, it's not easy. Yeah, it's not. It's but not. sometimes you make excuses and you're like, well, I don't know how to do this and this. And I'm like, well, maybe if you find the right connections. And that's what happened with me. I didn't know how to do it. And I'm getting so much experience from doing it on my own and doing this by myself. And it's definitely a learning process, but it's a good learning process. And who knows? Hopefully, if this succeeds as well as I want it to, you know, maybe in the future I'll be doing other ones for other fandoms and I'll be doing other charities and things like that. Um, I can't guarantee it yet, but you no, know, it's something like, it's, you never thought you'd be doing. You, yeah, you it's thought, it's you know, definitely what? something new and something really exciting, and and I want it to succeed. And if anybody ever wants to like look oh, it's it already, up, it's already um, fucking succeeded. Like you know, the one day I checked my <laughs> analytics and I'm like, all right, how many downloads do I have this week? And granted, the podcast has been on for about a year, and I've only done so many episodes of it, little by little. And I forget what to talk mm-hmm. about. And I've already looked at my analytics the other day; it was already at fucking twenty six hundred downloads. That's well, there you go, people, guys. And I'm like. Hey, I must be talking about something. I don't know what I'm talking about sometimes. I just blah. Yeah. You know, even getting that one person to spread the word to blah, to blah, to blah gives them the hope to create, to design, to do something that they never thought they could do. Yeah. And I definitely, I definitely like that a bunch of the people who are donating to this magazine have come up and they've admitted that they've, they've done work for other 
charity magazines and that they enjoy doing it. And it just, it, you know, it helps you kind of feel like, okay, you're, you're definitely not doing anything wrong and you're, you're definitely, you know, finding likewise people. Mm. Um, to, they like being a part of something. It's like, I've done yeah. so much in my life. Let me try something this way to say I've contributed here. Yeah. And it helps people feel like they're actually helping something, especially to a cause where, you know, Puerto Rico, it's, it's been over a, almost a year now. Yeah. Um, and they're still very much struggling. And unfortunately, since it is considered old news, you don't hear very much about them anymore. But the sad reality is it's very, it's very much almost in the same state as it was. There are still places that have not gotten electricity a year later. There's still places that get consistent blackouts. Um, a lot of abandoned houses, a lot of destruction. Even on my street, there were two houses that were kind of, you know, they they weren't fully destroyed, but you could see like broken bits and pieces and windows outside on the floor. And um, as I was there, the family was just coming back and starting to assess the damages done. You know, it's not it's not easy no, that in the slightest. Yeah, and um, with the economy the way it is and everything's going down, um, they're still my mother's a teacher there and they've the government's pretty much pulled all uh, retirement funds from from a lot of government people um, saying, you know, well, we can't pay these wages. Unfortunately, you're not going to get retirement because it needs to go to the to the rest of the island to be able to, like, you know, pull ourselves up. And it's not fair either to the people who've worked really hard. Yeah, that's, that's, that's something I didn't even know. I, I heard about that, too. Somebody said their retirement got pulled, and I'm like... Yeah, my mom's bare, my mom's basically not going to really make a lot. My dad and I had to come to Florida for that reason. We've made the sacrifice that like half of our family is like, you know, in one place and half of them is another because my dad was working for the government and he was working for tourism as well. And, you know, he he was a high end supervisor at one of the uh, one of the tourist attractions on the island. Mm-hmm. And he made less money than the janitor. He made less money than the janitor. And when when the government issued that, you know, people like him were only going to get like maybe $300 a month once retirement came, you know, he was like, that's that's not going to that's not going to support me or, you know, your mom or like you and your brother worse comes to worse. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we had to make hard decisions and pack up. I was one of those people who I. I had a bachelor's and two years later I was still struggling to find a job um, that would keep me there. They always open seasonal positions, but seasonal on the Island was here. You've been hired, but we have to overhire because there's not enough jobs. So people need at least some hours. So legally we have to overhire and you would work maybe one or two shifts a week. Mm-hmm. You'd make maybe $50 a, uh, every two weeks. Yeah. And that was just ridiculous yeah, in the long term. It's fucking nothing. And then at the end of the day, when a seasonal would end and everybody's hoping they got kept, usually it would be the men who'd be kept just because they would need people for warehouse or like yeah. back inventory, things like that. So it was very difficult to find anything steady. And unfortunately, the only industry that was thriving at the moment was the medical one in Puerto Rico. And not everybody, you know, studies medicine, not everybody can do it. Um, and it takes so long to study to be a doctor. Yeah, even here and in the United States, my, my family's in the medical field. It could take anywhere from, you're looking to anywhere from 15 and maybe 20 years to finally yep. get your everything done. My mom was a nurse, still is a nurse, has all her training. My cousin just finished up her 
Masters, Masters, and she's just like, it's not going to do anything, you know? Mm-hmm. She's been doing, she's been in IT yeah. for years. And it depends on what you study because uh, in general, you know, medicine isn't necessarily needed and usually it's more specified things like radiology and things like that. Not everybody wants to do radiology, let's be real. No, um, it's not, it's not a, not a keen field to be in uh necessarily but it, it is hard about like um for people that are like going to you know doing going for puerto rico and like if they were going to go study something what would you say that they would go into people in puerto rico like if you were like say if um now what would they if they were going for something studying what would they now study now if they could like what would you tell people to study if they could politics uh not just medicine i know the island needs but a lot of people who are studying medicine on the island are leaving anyway so there's really no use in me saying hey go study medicine because the island needs it because if you plan on leaving what's the point Mm -hmm. um but to those staying on the island definitely study politics study more political we need new faces we need fresh ideas we need to get those in power out unfortunately a lot yeah unfortunately that is how i feel um, I'm probably going to get a little bit of flack no, over it at some point. Somebody out there is going to see this and probably get me in trouble. I don't know. Eh. Um, well, but not the only the, one there's there's it. very much older people and it is an older state of mind. Mm-hmm. And um, new ideas need to be implemented. Also, study study agriculture for the love of God. I know a lot of people don't like the idea of like, oh, working with my hands, being yeah, a farmer. Botanist. The island has so many resources and we've lost the ability and the ideas to just like self-sustain i feel like we can self-sustain we have so much terrain that we can use we used to be a coffee and sugarcane industry and yeah i get it we're a commonwealth we have some laws in place things are pretty hard because unfortunately our economy is so messed up that things that we make on the island we can't sell them directly from the island like like um we have a lot of pharmaceuticals and stuff on the island, like, like a, a lot of um, factories and things that are U.S. factories. They, you can't produce them and then sell them immediately on market mm. in Puerto Rico. They have to be shipped to the U.S. first and then brought back. And that's where all those taxes and the extra fees come yeah. from, which is ridiculous. Like, no, but I feel like if we could nego- renegotiate, you know, the terms of our, uh, you know, of our of our connection with the u.s and things like that Mm. we could definitely Mm. self-sustain we could make our own you know economy our own businesses um you know other people should also study like business uh i have a cousin who's studying law things like that um you know read up on what we can do to change the island for sure um that's not to say don't continue to do what you do i i did study humanities i was an art major as well as an english literature major um but yeah, it was English literature, but I can take what I've studied and I can write things and I can make people more aware to what's happening mm-hmm. on our mm-hmm. island. And that, that in its way, it helps. I, I guess study something that would help your own people is what I, what I would say. Mm-hmm. Study something because if you're proud of where you come from, and that's not to say there wasn't a time where I wasn't. There was a time where I just didn't care to let people know that I was from the island, but... You know, the older you grow, the more adult you become. The what do you think that, was, that made you not want to talk about that? 
there's a lot of factors in there. Um, I'm not going to get into all those factors. Okay. I will say part of it was, you know, being raised in the U.S., not having the same mentality, okay. growing up, being kind of stubborn about it, That's not wanting to have that mentality, not wanting to, not wanting to like acclimatize, I guess, yeah, I've heard to, of that. to that. Um, Part of it was bullying, but again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into all of it. It it just it just it is the kind of person I was. And then when you leave, it it is very much it is very much a Puerto Rican thing. I've noticed it's not just me. <laughs> there are there are people who live in New York who were born in New York, raised in New York, are Puerto Rican. They've maybe only gone to the island once or twice. Um, they didn't care for their culture until they went, and then as an adult, they developed what is known as Puerto Rican pride there. They like, that's, that's the whole concept behind why do Puerto Ricans always wear their flag everywhere and have it on everything. Like once you dig into the roots of who you were and what, you know, your culture is about and what you represent, you gain that pride and you, you want people to know like, here I am. And you know, you don't know, what all we've gone through, but I want you to. I want you to learn what I've pretty much been going through. I want to share my culture with you. Yeah. So like I I never used to be very proud of being Puerto Rican just because I couldn't connect with the people there. But now that I've left my island and now that I've been gone and you know, you miss it. You miss certain things from there that you've been raised with. I miss I miss the cultural bakeries. I miss those bakeries that were like cheap that you could go there and you mm-hmm. could buy like fifty cent slices of cheesecake. <laughs> in a black and uh-huh. a white paper box oh, and um the the food i miss it and you know i did take two years of uh puerto rican history and it opens your eyes to a lot of things that happened that maybe i didn't want to like accept or know about at the time mm. because i was you know i was growing up i was kind of bitter about the way life was treating me that happens to everyone. It takes time to mature. Like I've had previous podcasts yeah. talk about all my depression. But uh, it, this is this is actually a point of amusement between me and my cousin. But uh, I used to never listen to Spanish music. That was just a thing mm. that I did. I did. I maybe listened to Ricky Martin and some J Lo growing up, but <laughs> I didn't listen to Spanish <laughs> music. Whites. You know, salsa, bachata, things like that. It wasn't my it wasn't my cup of tea. Mm. And now that I'm here and I kind of miss that Latin culture sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, I will find myself in the car on my way to work and things like that. And I'll have like salsa and bachata radio stations on. And I've, I never listen to this stuff. And I'll just be sitting in the car going like, I miss this. I like I'm sitting <laughs> and, in my buddy's and my dad car. will sit in the car with me and he'll be like, why are you listening to this? You never listen to this. And I'm just like kind of staring at him like, I don't have an excuse. <laughs> I wish I could explain it to you. Puerto Rican dad, don't you know? Uh, Yeah, it's it's just, you know, you miss certain things. Like, I think it's also because growing up there, you're very used to hearing cars drive by and they're very loudly playing that kind of music, like very loudly. And you like when you're when you're there, you just kind of go, oh, God, turn off your radio. Nobody's like for real nobody's listening to this like could you not yeah. play that so loudly at all hours a day and then you leave it and you just kind of like miss it you know you you kind of like take it for granted and now you're like oh i want to hear it <laughs> yeah it's like you know it's like my culture and my mom's you know white my dad's obviously middle eastern so i am like a mix of like all this culture everybody's like what do you miss and i'm like i miss my afghani stuff i miss my german stuff i miss my native american shit and everybody's, yeah. like, everybody's like wow you're really mixed and i'm like yes 
I look white, but I'm not. Good yeah. Luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. I mean, there's like certain foods that I miss back down here that like you can try and make them, but it's not the same. No. It's- or you can't find certain ingredients and things like that. And and the way people people don't realize that um, even, in, even in the U.S. in states, like – all the states have their own like kind of culture and their way of thinking and, and their way of acting. So if you move from one state to another, you're definitely going to find something you miss and something that's different. In Puerto Rico, people definitely have a different way of living and thinking and seeing things and acting. So, you know, even though I was brought up very American and I, I do have certain things here where when I live here and I think, you know, Oh, you know, I, I connect more with people down here because I have more of this way of thinking. Mm-hmm. But then you think I was raised in Puerto Rico and there are certain things I definitely wish that this culture here were more like back home. Mm-hmm. So you, you have that sort of mix of like, you know, you always find the good and the bad and you wish you could take all the good from both and just kind of like mishmash it together. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about <laughs> it sometimes. <laughs> what would be your parting but, words? Like what would be your parting, you know? Tell people to keep inspired, uh, you know, be, be a geek, be a nerd. What would be your parting, you know? First the- of all, my, what my, my first parting words are, I'm sorry I ramble a lot. I also hope I haven't uh, turned off some of your viewers and your, yeah, I don't even, you know, I podcast know. people. <laughs> to be honest, I don't, to, let's be honest. Uh, my, my YouTube followers is about three. Uh, my podcast followers, I have no idea. All I know is oh. the download numbers and the download well, here's here's high. to hoping that uh, I haven't like made anybody like fall asleep at the wheel. <laughs> to be honest, but, uh, if they listen um, to me now. It's I talk about coding and shit. So this is a very. <laughs> but I would say I would say be you. I would say to all those people who are worried about you know how people see them or think or what they like or. You know, in terms of gaming, especially, like, when they're like, oh, you know, I don't have a lot of people I can talk to because I like this in the game and I'm not really into the more popular games. Don't let that dictate, you know, the way you the way you approach the things that you love. Don't let popular uh, things and, and the way other people think dictate the way you approach the things that you love. Um, for example, with gaming and Voltron... Uh, as well, um, maybe my way of viewing the fandom is definitely a different way than other people view the fandom, and maybe just because I'm not as immersed um, into the culture uh, when it comes to con- uh, connecting with other people, you know, people might think you know you're not really into it. But I, I love things in my own way, and and you shouldn't be afraid to love things in the way that you love them, um, or you know, to to explore the genres that. A- appeal to you as opposed to what other people um suggest because you know maybe a gaming magazine will tell you this game is a 10 star and you'll play it and you think oh it's more like a five star to me it it all depends on your point of view and the way you you see things i i definitely stay on the outskirts of the voltron fandom myself because it is very much a divided fandom and it's very explosive it's very dramatized there's a whole lot going on that not everybody agrees on um, but I'm, I'm doing things my way and I'm, I'm trying to do good and show that, you know, I, I still love the fandom in my own way, even if I don't necessarily interact as much. Same thing with gaming. You know, I do a lot of solo gaming, but that's just because the style of games that I like are my, you know, they're solo most of the time. Um, 
but doesn't mean I'm not willing to branch out. <laughs> and, and to the girl gamers out there, for the love of God, can we make like a bigger community? Because it's really hard to find like groups of girl gamers that aren't like catty and drama and hissy. And I'm not saying that all of them are. Um, I've poked my head into a few, and a few are not too bad. But uh, definitely, we need to like we we need to like support each other. And to the guy gamers out there, you know, I'm not saying y'all are, but don't don't take us all for granted. Some of us do want to get into what you're into. We want to understand it. We want to approach it. We just sometimes take our time and and we do it in a different way. But it doesn't necessarily mean we don't want to. <laughs> and not all us girl gamers are intimidating. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, uh, also, where can people donate to your your cross? Like, what can they help? So, you at the moment, I haven't opened the just the donation. Uh, page itself but if you're interested you can definitely ping me at the official uh magazine page and we will get you on a list and we will ping you back uh the moment we have that part set up um just because paypal's having its its weird new clauses thing happening and we we want to make sure that like you know nobody gets hurt on either end when it comes to donating and things like that um because a lot of magazines are having issues with PayPal lately. Uh, you know, like their account's frozen because they have to send uh, their their product in a certain amount of time. And uh, magazines do definitely take a lot longer than you would think. Our estimated uh, date for us to be shipping that magazine is about February, March of this next year. And pre-orders were, are going to hopefully open up around the holidays, you know. So that could be a, a nice gift for someone if you think about it. Um, but definitely ping us up. It's going to be voltronpets.tumblr.com. Um, it would be V-O-L-T-R-O-N, pets, all together. And, uh, yeah, definitely hit us up. Uh, we're, we're a pretty nice group. It, it, is a, it is a diverse group. There's a lot of us there. And we would definitely enjoy, you know, any kind of donation. Even if you can't get the magazine, it's totally understandable. We will have PDF coffees if you can't get the physical because it's a little pricey. Because um, these magazines, they're definitely not your newsstand magazines. It's not going to be like a 5 to $10 magazine. It, it could be about 20 25 depending on what's in it, production costs, things like that. We are bundling it with merchandise as well as an incentive. Um we will have our PDFs. Those will be a little cheaper if you want to try for those. And if not, if you want to donate, just a dollar. Because, you know, times are tough and nobody's going to judge you. We all yeah, understand. A dollar, dollar goes a long way. <laughs> Listen, I like sometimes I can't donate that much and I'll just make myself feel better by donating a dollar to them every every the month. Donation that they'll leave it for Walgreens and CVS. And, and trust me, you, you would think they'll look at it and be like, wow, you're so stingy. But, you know, <laughs> if you think about it, if 500 people donate a dollar, that's well, $500 that's they books. got. So you got you to gotta always think of the positive. Yeah, but no, yeah, if they want to. Walgreens going, can you donate a dollar? Uh, yeah. Uh, but if they want to ping us there, <laughs> if they want to ping us there, they're more than welcome to. And uh, I do have a Twitch channel for anybody who probably decides to ask you, like, hey, hey, she games. Does she, like, live stream? I do. Not always. It's only on occasion, only because I'm not really making money off of it right now, unfortunately. If I could start making money off of it, Lord mercy, I would be happy. <laughs> but that's uh, definitely, obviously, not a reality at the moment. Um, and I don't have like, you know, high end, uh, 
streaming stuff. But if you want to check out the channel, I do have a Twitch channel, and that's going to be Fatal Empress D. And, you know, obviously Fatal, like Fatal Fury, Empress, and then the letter D at the end. Um, But yeah, you can check that out. I don't have, there might not be a lot on the channel anymore because, uh, you know, the videos get deleted after a little while. And sometimes I forget to upload some of them to uh, YouTube because that channel's not too great right now. (laughs) You got to, it's a problem with YouTube. I mean, like I said, my YouTube channel's, but uh, a lot of the times you'll just see me chill streaming. Like literally the titles of half of them is chill stream because I'm literally just like, I need to unwind and I'm just going to be here and kind of talking and grumbling half of the time <laughs> unless somebody can get me into a discussion. Like sometimes somebody in the chat will want to like have an actual conversation, which I don't mind. I actually appreciate them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sometimes man. it makes me feel feel like I'm not alone and just making weird grunting noises into the mic. <laughs> is, is that you, voice, in my head? <laughs> I'll be like, oh, God, there's someone here. Hello. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So this was a very fun podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I had a fun time setting this all up. It was a bitch because this is all being put to the MacBook Pro, as you all already know, and then recorded in the Zoom H4n. So if you guys want to go with the recording devices, let me know. Definitely hit her up. And I'm going to let her sign us off. If you could say to everybody our slogan to keep an open mind. All right, guys. So keep an open mind. Always and forever. Always <laughs> forever. And this podcast is very long, guys. I just checked our timer. We are almost about two hours long. Woof. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed it, man. Click on her. Click on me. Give me a like. Subscribe. If you guys want to head on to our, uh, you know, our fucking iTunes, hit it, give me a like or whatever, love. Say you hate the podcast, say you like the podcast, that way it gets found more. Like I said, you're now going to be a statistic on my number situation thing. And uh, yeah, join us up, man. I do, if we do open mind gaming, you can join me and Del Marie. We just, we like being us. This is Hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll be able to make a channel where we can uh, stream together and collab like that. I would love to do that. It's kind of, it's hard with all the computers and getting everything on yeah. the, the internet. You got to get that speed just right. Yeah, and usually we game on PlayStation as opposed to, like, PC, so it's, like, a little harder to stream, but, it you know, we can definitely we can, give it a go, see how that goes. And shit like that. It's not that yeah, that, but, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get you to uh, play a horror game for me that I've been wanting to yeah, last be night played, and I'll just sit back and scream. Exactly, guys. <laughs> anyway, guys, keep an open mind. Have an awesome week. I'll talk to you guys soon. If you want to see another one of these, hit us up in the comments. Let me know. We'll uh, get her back on, and we'll shoot out some more. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one. See ya.